Welcome back to this week's episode of Torchbearers, the Valparaiso University alumni podcast. We're so excited to have you have you all join us once again. My name is Michael Beaver from Alumni Engagement here at Valpo, and it is my honor to be your host for today's show. How are you all doing? I know here in Valpo, we had a lovely bout of spring last weekend, but we're back down into chilly weather once again. We all know that Valpor rain, snow, Indiana. Please remember to keep sending comments or ideas for guests on the podcast to alumni at valpo.edu. Our guest today is Lisa Talley. Lisa received two master's degrees in digital media and English from Valpo in 2019. Lisa is currently working on a documentary project focused on people during the coronavirus pandemic, not the news story. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So Lisa, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey after Valpo? Okay, thank you. Well, first off, hello, virtual Valparaiso. <laughs> I love this question because it's actually something coincidentally I've been thinking a lot about. After graduation, which I'm sincerely grateful I got a walk last year, uh, it's been just crazy, isn't it? Uh, I found a job, I enjoyed my first home, I enjoyed social media, um, and I did this to keep in contact with people after graduation. It's a pretty standard story. Uh, I work in the nonprofit area. So when this idea came around, it wasn't like it was something I naturally jumped onto. It was something I had two degrees and I had two hats and it was kind of a wonderful way to kind of use my skills. But this situation we're dealing with right now, it's so difficult. I mean, I've listened to the podcast and I was remembering Lisa in episode five talking about grief and how we're dealing with this process. And it was very helpful for me because mm -hmm. I'm noticing my theme is we're not alone. She's saying you're not alone. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I think everything just kind of goes together. And this story, as I'm hearing all these wonderful stories, I'm, I'm doing the same thing as you. I just want to tell these stories. I want to get them out. Uh, I start seeing on Facebook and social media, all my old professors that I joined as friends just to kind of keep in contact with over the years. During this pandemic, they're all being, I mean, just rock stars. I mean, I have old professors that are sending me book reviews and book requests and, hey, you didn't get to take my class on this. You'll like this book. Sure. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but that was two years ago. How do you remember me from two years ago that I didn't take that class? I wasn't in your class. Those are the professors that we have at Valpo, right? Mm -hmm, definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, this idea of my journey after Valpo, I don't know if I can answer that. I mean, I don't really feel like I've ever really left my department. Sure, sure. Well, <laughs> why don't you then go and just start telling us a little bit about your documentary project and especially how it relates to your time at Valpo and your passion for volunteering. Okay, thank you. Um, I think the, the project itself, I'll break that question out into two pieces. Sure. Um, we'll talk about the project a little bit more, but my time at Valpo was really spent between two worlds. It was the English department and digital media. And I would just like to take this opportunity to say what a great, great set of departments. I also worked with the professor uh, Stoyich in the history department. I took a class with him because my my theme and my idea was volunteer identity. I didn't really have one department, which I, I called home, even though I had two degrees. I was in all the different departments. I took um, a citizens awareness class through the social work department. I took a class in history. 
I really kind of use the entire university. I even interviewed President Heckler. I mean, I really researched as much as I could about what is volunteering. I, I noticed that I always like volunteering, but some of my best friends, I can't get them to volunteer. Hmm. And I thought, you know, isn't that interesting? So while I was at Valpo, I really started to, to think about this and, you know, why do we do what we do? And it's a really big question. And I think rather than trying to explain to the audience and to yourself about why I do what I do, if you bear with me, I'd like to actually discover why you do what you do. Sure. All right. So I'd like the audience to kind of ask this and think about this to themselves, but also I'd like to hear your answer. What do you define as a volunteer? Oh, gosh. I didn't know I was going to put you on, on the, the spot, spot here. <laughs> um, let's see. I would say someone who does something without uh, being paid to do it for an organization that they feel passionate about. Okay, and that's a great, great example. A lot of people come up with that exact phrasing. Uh, I hear that over and over again. I did a survey on campus and I talked to everyone from professors to students and you know, it's really interesting. I discovered people have lots of reasonings why they do things, but really the thing I found interesting was not why, but the generalization of how they define volunteering. And it's the fact that people generally, I found felt regardless how much they already were volunteering, they should be doing more. So whether you are a pastor who lives and breathes and eats at your church, or whether you are a student who literally has done no volunteer work because they never had the opportunity in high school or whatever their reasoning, they just never felt called to it. They all have this kind of same response when I get into the, into the meat and bones of having a discussion with people of, yeah, but no matter what I do, it's not enough. So why even try? Gotcha. And I think, you know, that's a very common story. And like, for example, for you, um, outside of your role in Valpo and outside of your roles in volunteering, what is it that you do that you love to do? Oh, gosh. Um, what do I? I'm a big fan or I'm a music. I was a music major, so I'm a big fan of playing music, uh, playing piano, um, travel. Um, hanging out with my dog, trying to see what she's doing. There she is in the background a little bit. Um, but yeah, just uh, kind of staying involved that way. Wonderful. And I think those are really the heart of this conversation and the documentary for me is I'm giving people the opportunity, whatever it is they enjoy doing, that's how they're serving the project. So for example, you might be able to submit a video of you playing the piano to lift people's spirits, or you might tutor kids at a local high school, or you might do something like that. Um, and let's be honest, audience, I'll be honest, I'll be the first person to say, I'm much more likely to go back to an organization that I feel a connection to. Sure. So this is kind of the idea, and I've had a lot of pushback from it, but it's a radical thought. What if instead of volunteers being considered as generous, we be selfish? Hmm. So instead of somebody going month after month because they have to, because it's part of society, it's just their goodwill, they're looking at it as a chore. It's something you've got to do as part of your social obligation to society. 
what if we turn that on its head? So for example, I was working at a domestic abuse center and I got to know another person who was there. And at first I thought she was a, she was a volunteer like me. I didn't know she was a client. And she taught me so much about self-respect and family values and the importance of things. And I started realizing, you know what? People who are homeless, people who are domestic abuse survivors, people who have gone through all these programs, they've been taught all these new coping skills, I can use them in my life. So I started going to these organizations with the idea of not giving, but receiving. Hmm. And isn't that a very unique kind of thing to think about? You know, what if we thought about the domestic abuse survivor as not the person receiving the gifts, but as actually giving them back? Hmm. We take away the stigma of you're receiving something and instead we're all taking and giving and it's just two friends that are giving to each other. That's how I view the woman who taught me about self-respect and family. Yeah, she was going through her own personal problem, but she taught me something. Sure. Great. So what kind of people um, through this project have you been talking with? That's a really interesting question. Uh, <laughs> this heart really, uh, this the heart of this project really boils down to me is during this difficult time, we feel alone, but behind our neighbor's doors, others are facing these experiences. Wouldn't it be nice if we got to know more sure. about them? Um, really, I talk with everyone. After encouraging so many people, I started noticing literally everybody's got something worthwhile to say. So I've really been talking to just about everyone. My my inside joke with you know doing this project is my condition is if you took a breath, you're in. All right. <laughs> so literally anyone anywhere is eligible. Anyone listening, anybody who is like, hey, I know somebody who's got a story. Like these are the people I'm looking for. And man, am I being surprised? I have people from all over the world. Some people need a translator for their video because they're recording it in other languages and I don't speak that language. Oh, cool. Uh, I have people who are so financially distraught, they're contacting me and I'm having to like talk with them and be like, okay, so you don't have a cell phone. What about your daughter? What about your friend? You know, someone else in the household have a phone with the good camera you can borrow, sure. you know? So we're we're having all of these really unique problems that normally I just bring my equipment set up and you know whatever your financial situation you're not really stigmatized you you really can take a picture of anyone but it's more than that it's just grown and grown and grown and I've had people doing Zoom interviews and people doing um, videos of their family people doing vlogs people doing all kinds of various things I have people submitting poems and people submitting letters. Um, it's not just the interview variation, it's what the content they're bringing to it. Um, and then the people behind the stories, a lot of times they're not talking about themselves. They're talking about, you know, I'm bringing a box of donuts to this nurse at the, at the hospital and here's what happened at the hospital. It's not really their story, they're telling a story. So this is such a big open-ended question. Very cool. So what has it been like to conduct these interviews and get these uh, stories in some very untraditional methods since we can't go door to door yes, or face to face yeah. sometimes? Well, it's really, really interesting. I've been having 
a really hard time really getting my skills up to the level it has to be at. And I think, you know, I've had a great foundation with two degrees. I, I went to UCSD for my undergraduate. I've had lots of training, but nothing can prepare you for what's going on in the world right now. And that's kind of what I like about the project is this untraditional method. I'm, I'm growing. Like we talked about earlier, if you volunteer, start thinking of selfishness. You know, I'm getting so much out of this project because I'm learning new skills. I didn't really think about that going into the project, but I am having so much fun connecting with old professors going, you know, someone told me the audio quality isn't great. Can you help me fix this? You know, I am just getting so much positive social interaction from this project. Um, and I think the untraditional method is really the crux of why this is happening, because I'm talking with people and I'm educating them about how to make a documentary, not only traditionally, but how this project is different. And people have an amazing ability. Um, one of the things that I wanted to tell people in the audience is anybody who sends in a video is also getting camera crew credit. Okay, very cool. So, you know, this documentary is is transitioning over so many boundaries because traditionally I would sit down and I would design the lighting, I would design the audio, I would design the framing of the shot. And that is such a fun thing to do as an artist. It's like a painter with their paintbrush. It's just blank canvas. Sure. Um, but this untraditional method, I have kind of my hands tied behind my back. Those are all decisions that are made by the interview subject. And it makes my job harder, but I think it also gives a more realistic view of what's going on between people's houses. Awesome. And just to kind of wrap up, what else would you like to share uh, with people about your project? Well, I think I'd like to leave it with, you know, really rethink what you're doing right now and be kind to yourself you know if you're just going out and waving at your neighbors you're making the world a little better uh emerson said you know if we leave this world better even with this small garden like we did something good you know give yourself a pat on the back you don't have to to make a whole documentary you could send in a two-minute video of you playing with your kids in the backyard that's how you want to support that could be your good deed for the day just pick something small and go from there um, the reason this project has become so massive is because I love the stories I'm hearing. I just want to hear more stories. I want to include more stories. I'm enjoying it. I hope your audience enjoys it. Um, anyone is welcome to go and join my Facebook page. It's Coronavirus Documentary Group. And Light in the Dark Productions Group is my production group company. And I look forward to hearing any story. And I really thank everyone for listening to mine. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us on the podcast today. And we look forward to hearing more about the coronavirus documentary. Thanks. You too. Thank you again to everyone for tuning in and listening to the Valparaiso University Alumni Podcast, Torchbearers. We look forward to you joining us next week. So for now, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a great rest of the week.